This Tuesday, February 27th, NBA Betting Picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up today using promo code NBA SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash dog to enter our bonus contest. Five winners will receive shirts, hats, and a $50 SGPN gift card. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, February 27th, currently 11.08 on the East Coast, here to get into the Tuesday night betting card in the association. A huge slate of games here tonight in the NBA. We only had four games on the Monday schedule. But joining me here to help me break it all down, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast. WNBA Gambling Podcast, the MLB, NFL, and of course here on the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. Looking forward to the large slate today. Yesterday's games were interesting. Uh, there were there was some controversy involving one of them, and the rest was kind of straightforward. But I feel like there's only one game people want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, we saw another ending for the Knicks. Uh, this time, I guess it went in their favor. Um, I know we had talked about what a, a last week, a little prior week, where they got hosed in that game against the Rockets. Uh, but last night, um, we saw what fast forward towards the end um, was that Sir Thompson got the steal, and then Dante DiVincenzo dove and hit his leg, um, and the st- the ref is like standing literally right, like watching this play, and it, you can see like kind of like a deer in the headlights, or kind of froze up a little bit. But no foul was called. Uh, Josh Hart uh, at the end of the goal, close to the end of the game, uh, uh, hits the layup, gets an and one, hits the free throw, and that's all she wrote. But uh, what was your reaction when you did see the non-foul call review if you think it was a foul call? Uh, Monty Williams and officials never get along, so I wasn't totally shocked <laughs> uh, that it was the Pistons being involved. Yeah, I mean, it was a foul, simply put. They didn't call it, and they decided to let the guys play it's once again the controversial decision uh, late in the final couple seconds of a game. Do you want the athletes to play it out, or do you want the officials to actually blow the whistle? And I feel like no matter what the ending is, people always want the opposite based on how the results actually unfolded. They should have blown a whistle. It was clearly a foul. But I'm sure most people, if they would have called that and the Knicks had the ball, some people would have complained. So I do think it was a foul. He tackled them. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty well documented. But once again, it's a tough spot of for the officials. Do you want them? Do you want them to make the call, or do you want them to let the players play? And there's always a debate that we'll have every time in the final ten seconds of a game. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I want the right I mean, call. That's where I yeah, and, and that was but, clearly a it was a foul. I mean, I think you have to call that. Uh, if, if you're the ref that's standing literally right there. Um, so, I mean, I agree with Monty in his comments at the in the post-game conference uh, that he'd had with, you know, the reporters and saying that, um, I'm not sure if it was one of the worst calls all season. You know, it may, it's probably up there for sure. I mean, the Knicks are on the other side of uh, that against the Rockets. But um, I, I think that, I think no matter what point of the game, whether like you mentioned, it's 10 seconds left, 
five seconds like you just have to make the right call and you got to keep it consistent you know if you're an nba official and i think that's what nba teams want as well like you you, you missed a call last night nick's got the victory but again it's just another one of those things where we see it, whether it's in the nfl whether it's in the nba whether it's an mlb it's an nhl whatever the case might be it's got that it happens all the time with these officials. So I'm in your camp. I mean, I, I would rather see the right call, no matter how much time is left in the game or how close the game, you just got to get the call right. Yeah. I do feel like it's also worth at least discussing how the Knicks, I, I mean, they pulled out the win. Don't get me wrong, but having to go down to the wire against Detroit, probably not a good look. Just going to throw that out there. Probably not a good sign, uh, but the Knicks got the job done. They were massive money line favorites, I believe yeah. that probably kept a lot of money line parlays alive. Point is, I do think at the end of the day, the Pistons got hosed. Yeah. Do I feel bad for them? Not really. To be honest, I don't really care one way or another because the Pistons are a dumpster fire of an organization anyway. Mm-hmm. And Monty Williams is unlimited job security based on his contract, so he can kind of yeah. do whatever he wants. But yeah, definitely a really controversial ending to what was kind of, I don't want to say the only competitive game of the night, but... The Heat game was kind of close. The Heat were controlling a decent portion of that late. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Pacers game wasn't that great either. Yeah, I mean, I mean was that the only game you kind of were interested in? Yeah, I know we, uh, Terrell and I talked a lot about that Heat game. Um, and I, 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 don't, I think Terrell gave out the Heat as his lock, and that was going to be one of my bigger plays of the night as well. So I didn't want to repeat picks, and you know how that usually goes when we have uh, the same locks. But, um, I took the Nets on their team total under yesterday. They absolutely came out and looked like a different team against the Grizzlies. And I know, I know we talked a lot about that. They're playing much playing with what C squad guys and other bench guys, G league guys, where the case might be, but I used to be competitive and they were at home, right? Grizzlies prior to the Brooklyn game, even at the first game against the Clippers, you know, they covered the spread. They held them to 101 points in that game, but uh, that one didn't get to the window for me. And then I gave out a two player prop parlay i think i got hooked on the bam rebounds where i needed 11 rebounds and he ended up with uh just 10 rebounds last night so not a good start to the week but uh i thought we handled i mean we we handled kept the other games pretty well um and now again like going back to your next point it's that defensively now they're struggling especially without og and Anobi in the lineup and I, I it's crazy how much of a difference that he does make for this Knicks team but if you take a look right now over the last five games I think only Utah is a worse uh, rated defense than the New York Knicks right now. So I think that's kind of where they're at with the, or where we're at with the New York Knicks. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it played out kind of how we thought it did last night in the association. But anything else that stuck out to you outside of the Knicks game? No, the Kings are still a psycho team that has no hope in the playoffs. And I don't know why they didn't make a move at all. Um, yeah, we talked about the Knicks already. You figured the defense would get worse with Bogdanovich showing and uh, Burks joining the team. So we'll see yeah. when they get fully healthy. They're going to play less minutes. Saw some Knicks fans were annoyed that they ended up getting rid of Quentin Grimes, who they thought was kind of a valuable player for that team. I was fine with the move because the Knicks couldn't score. So now they could actually score and people are mad at the defense. So, yeah, you know, I, I feel like Grimes was kind of the odd man out based on that rotation. I understand the move. And Bogdanovich has been good offensively. He's just not a good defensive player, which is the problem. Uh, Halliburton sucked last night. That was kind of the story there for the Pacers, but you can have an off game. It is what it is. And Scotty Barnes remembered how to play basketball, at least after the trade that at least after the trade deadline and after the All Star break, because he had a triple double with five blocks. So a solid yeah. game there for Barnes. Uh, but nah, pretty straightforward night. 
Uh, the Nets ended up killing the Grizzlies. Dennis Smith Jr. had an issue with his coach uh, during the post game. I don't know if you actually saw that or not. But I did not. Kevin Ollie won his first game as uh, an NBA head coach because he was the interim, and they finally won a game. He tried to give Smith Jr. a high five, and Smith Jr. completely ghosted him. And then on the court, right after he ghosted him, you ended up seeing Ali kind of like talk to F- Smith Jr. politely, but he basically told him like, you know, get your head in the game or, you know, whatever the hell he was trying to tell him. So yeah. that was the bit of controversy surrounding the end of that Nets game. Nobody cares. The team's terrible, but I'll put it this way. There's a lot of players in the league, Dennis Smith Jr. included, who care more about their own stats and their act than their actual team success. He yeah. won by 25. I get you've been benched recently. It's a really bad look. You've been on six different teams. You can't shoot. Maybe you should look in the mirror. Just saying, because pouting and ghosting your coach on a high five or like, you know, a handshake or a hug, whatever, after yeah. you're after you win by 25, and it's, it's a really bad look. Win. That's yeah. a re- for coach's first win. That's that's a really bad look. I'll throw that out yeah. there too. Yeah. Uh I definitely agree with that. Um yeah, pretty straightforward. I know, like I mentioned, we had a lot of games to get through here for uh, on the Tuesday card. So uh, why don't we dive into it here, uh, Scott? But before we do dive into it, uh, let me tell everyone about, again, our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Well, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. It's pretty simple to play the pick'em game, right? The entries that we do give out here on the NBA Gambling Podcast daily. All you got to do is pick your favorite players if they will go higher or lower on their stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. And you can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. All you got to do is pick between two and five players to build a uh, pick'em entry. And you can also make rivals picks, with uh, which picks two players against each other. Uh, like I mentioned... We'll put together our underdog fantasy entry like we do every single night. And look, we're in that competition. Like I mentioned, I got the updated numbers. We are, again, trailing fantasy football by one again. I don't know what those guys are doing over there. And Terrell mentioned it yesterday that they're in offseason talking about the uh, the combine. And we're in full season. We're not able to surpass them and get this victory. But again, uh, still plenty of time left for the rest of the month. But make sure when you guys do sign up and if you have already signed up, Get your significant other, get your aunt, uncle, dad, mom, coworker, friends. Um, get those DJs in your life signed up with Underdog Fantasy if you are in a state where you are ed- eligible to sign up with Underdog Fantasy. But make sure you sign up with that promo code NBA SGPN and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant pick'em special. Visit underdog.com and find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our promo code NBA SGPN. And also, a bonus contest we're running across the network. SGPN, we're teaming up with Underdog to give you even more of a bonus. Sign up between now and the end of the month, and five winners will receive an Underdog hat, Underdog t-shirt, a $50 SGPN gift card. Sign up today using promo code NBA SGPN, and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash dog to enter the contest for your chance to win. All right, Scott, let's get into it for tonight, my man. We got a loaded schedule, and we'll lead it off here with the Dallas Mavericks. They are in Cleveland here tonight to take on the Cavaliers. Currently, as it stands, the Cavs are a four-and-a-half-point home favorite with a total of 233-and-a-half. And looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Dallas Mavericks, um, Luka, Josh Green, Maxi Kleber, and Derek Lively, the second, are all probable tonight. 
Uh, Dante Exum continues to be out. He is doubtful. For the Cleveland Cavaliers, pretty clean injury report other than um, Scott's second favorite player, Tristan Thompson, serving that league suspension. Um, Mavs coming off of that 22-point loss against the Indiana Pacers on Sunday. Uh, Cavs had dropped, I think, first their first two games without Donovan Mitchell when he did return in the last game against the Wizards, where they did get the outright victory, but they didn't cover the double-digit spread. But now these two teams match up in Cleveland. Scott, minus four and a half in favor of the Cavs, man. What are you thinking? This line feels right to me uh, with Cleveland beating Washington. It wasn't easy, though. The Wizards have kind of given them some, I don't say problems, but they've given them some close games over the last couple of meetings. Dallas did end up losing to Indiana. They got absolutely killed. The concern that I have is that Dallas's winning streak was mostly at home, and then they went on the road and got absolutely buried. Cleveland, two-game road trip. Now they're back at home. Lost the last uh, home game to Orlando. Faced off. First time this season, right after Christmas, and the Cavs won by three on the road. I think I'm going to lead to Cleveland at home. I just think Dallas is not exactly a team that I trust enough defensively to go on the road and hang in there against a healthy Cavs team now that they're healthy with Mitchell being back. I'm going to lead to Cleveland. I think the game's going to be close for a little while, but I think Cleveland gets enough stops to get the job done. I don't know if I can say the same for Dallas. So I do think Dallas defensively might get cooked in this game. I'm going to lead to Cleveland. Yeah, and Eric's mentioning as well that Cavs have been struggling uh, to cover spreads, even dating back before the um, All-Star break here. I'm trying to pull up the exact numbers here for the Cavs. So I think, take a look over their last five games, they haven't covered uh, the spread. They are two and three straight up in that span. Um, I also did find something interesting that the Dallas Mavericks coming off of a loss, and if they are on a road trip or the next game is on the road, they're actually seven and one against the spread in those spots. So I, I think I think this game will be close. I think it will be within a possession um, coming down to the wire here. So I'm going to lean with the Mavericks here. Um, the squad's healthy. I, I know, I don't know, maybe there was an extra motivation for Rick Carlisle going up against his former team. You know, I don't know if that narrative is still there or not, but again, the Pacers have just been a wagon all season long, and we saw it again against Dallas. I know they were in a back-to-back situation last night, and they haven't been good in those situations out of the Pacers, but for this Mavericks team, again, 7-1 and one against the spread coming off a loss, and if they are on the road, they usually bounce back nicely. So I'm going to go with the Mavericks here, plus the 4.5. Total sitting at 232.5 in this game, 233.5 here. Scott, uh, do you have any thoughts on the total? I think I'm going to lean over. I don't feel great about it, though, because Cleveland defensively is still a solid unit. But I just think that with the amount of shot creators you have on the floor for both sides, I am looking at a potentially higher scoring game. I'm going to lean over. I'm not going to bet it, though. Yeah, I lean over here as well. Um, I know Cleveland, like we've, we've talked about it a lot. They've been one of the more consistent uh, teams and one of the better defenses, uh, not only over the last five games, but also throughout the season. And I think this is a spot here for, I think the offenses do show up in this game here. I know for the Dallas Mavericks, you know, like you mentioned, like they don't play a lot of defense. They have improved since they did acquire Daniel Gafford and PJ Washington. Actually, uh, coincidentally, they are number four as far as defensive rating goes over the last four, uh, sorry, last five games are the Dallas Mavericks. Cleveland does take a little bit of a dip, uh, Brown around league average at number 16 in that uh, same span. So, but I do, I think, with the firepower of that both Dallas and the uh, Cleveland um, Cavaliers have, I think that this does get over the total here. Any player props you're looking at? Yeah, so I think that a pretty sneaky prop here is actually P.J. Washington rebounds at a four and a half. I see minus 140. 
He's gone over in five straight, gone over in 10 straight. So even with wow. the trade, he's been flying over. Yeah, I mean, 10 straight overs. I feel like that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. I can date back even further. I mean, that would be before the actual trade. Uh, so mm-hmm. I don't know if that actually applies. But yeah, 10 straight games with five plus rebounds at his lines at four and a half. Give me the over. Yeah, I think that's a great call. I mean, 10 in a row, if the market hasn't adjusted, I know the big's a little bit higher, but again, um, 10 in a row, hopefully he does get to 11 in a row here tonight. Um, as far as player props, I mean, Donovan Mitchell's points prop seems a little conservative to me at 25 and a half. I mean, if it's going to be Kyrie or Luka guarding him, I mean, I do think that he can go out and perform well here tonight. Um, we like the Jared, over, so that means Mitchell's probably going to have a monster game. Yeah, 25 and a half seems a little conservative. Yeah. Um, if you want to ladder that one up to 30, 30 plus, I think this is a good night for Donovan Mitchell. Jared Allen rebounds, I'm always a fan of. I know Evan Mobley's back. I don't think he has that minutes limitation anymore. Um, so I think Jared Allen rebounds are worth a look here tonight as well. That number's at 10 and a half here for um, Jared Allen, just for reference over the last two games against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Jared Allen had 15 rebounds and then the last. Um, sorry, uh, back in December, um, he had 24 points and 23 rebounds. Now, I know they did pick up Daniel Gafford and Derek Lively is back as well, but again, uh, Jared Ounce is doing an absolutely fantastic job of rebounding the basketball. He's actually been in double-digit rebounds in four of the last five games, and in one game, he did fall short against the Sixers. He did finish that game with nine points, uh, sorry, nine rebounds in that game um, for the Cavs. So, a couple of player props there on the Cavs side. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I like. I mean, I I actually don't mind Luka first quarter assists in the game, which kind of sounds obscure, but he's been going over. Now you're looking at Luka's numbers. He's had at least three first quarter assists in eight of the last 10. Uh, Point is, he has the ball in his hands all the time. He plays pretty much all of the first quarter all the time. So I do think you're looking at uh, Doncic having a pretty good first quarter in the assist department. Yeah, uh, Luca has had a lot of success against his Cavs team as well. Um, like I mentioned, back in December when they matched up, he had 39 in that game on 29 shot attempts, uh, seven rebounds, six assists in that game as well for Luca. So Luca out there doing Luca things to nobody's surprise. All right, Scott, let's go to the next game of the night. We got the Golden State Warriors. They are headed to the nation's capital. We take on the Washington Wizards. Uh, currently, as it stands, the Warriors are an 11-point favorite in this game with a total of 242.5. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, pretty clean for the Golden State Warriors. They do see the return of Chris Paul. Um, he is not on the injury report. We'll see. There's some type of minutes restriction for him uh, coming back after missing about eight-plus weeks for the Golden State Warriors. But a very healthy squad for the Warriors. For the uh, Washington Wizards, uh, Denny Avdia is questionable, along with Corey Kispert is questionable, and Landry Shamit as well. So Shamit, Kispert, and Avdia are all questionable. Uh, Bilal Koulibaly is out here tonight. He's dealing with a right pelvis injury, and Isaiah Livers continues to be out as well. So some injuries there, at least as far as depth goes, for this Wizards team here. Uh, Scott, minus 11 in favor of the Warriors, man. What are you thinking? So I think the Warriors are going to win. The question is, do I think they can actually win by enough margin? I mean, they've been in great form. They were up by, what was it, like 19 against Denver, 15. They were up by a ton, and then they fell apart. And Jokic had a monster game. You know, he had 16 points, 16 rebounds. He killed that team. I'm still going to lead to Golden State. I I just think that Washington, Avdia might be back, which might help their overall wing depth. But Koulibaly is one of their only even decent defenders. 
They got nobody who can guard anybody on this entire team, so I'm going to go with Golden State. I think Washington, they hung in there against Cleveland, but I kind of think that's more of a one-off. I just think Golden State's been in better form. I know we both liked their uh, win total over in the uh, second half preview. So I'm expecting Golden State to keep it rolling. They're pretty healthy, and the Wizards are potentially not. Obvious missed a couple games. You might get Shamit back. Congrats. Like, I don't really care about Landry Shamit. No offense. But I just don't think the Wizards <laughs> have any rim protection. They don't have any great on-ball defenders. There's just too many defensive questions, which is why this total is uh, relatively high in the 240s. I'm going to take the over, and I am going to go with the Warriors. I just see them walking into like 130. I really think Golden State's going to have a monster game. I don't mind the team yeah. total here, but I think Golden State runs away with it. Yeah, I'll lean here with the uh, Golden State Warriors here as well. But like you mentioned, my favorite play is going to be that Warriors team total over. Uh, Wizards just continue being one of the worst defense in the entire league um, over the last five games. Uh, they are, let's see here, where are It's not good. It's not good, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, they're down there with yeah with the Jazz, the Clippers, the Knicks, and then it's the Wizards. That's the bad defense, and they have a net rating of minus 15.1 over the last five games, which is the third worst behind the Portland Trailblazers and the Brooklyn Nets over the last five games. So It was a big game yesterday, by the way. Pistons end up getting that foul call. They would jump the uh, Wizards, so they got they got hosed mm, there. You know, there's, yeah, they're fighting for that <laughs> bottom spot, even though the bottom three have the same uh, percentage for the ping pong balls. But yeah, yeah, we might be seeing a changing of the guard for worst team in the league. Um, Warriors also coming off of a brutal loss against the Denver Nuggets. I just feel like that team just pretty much owns the Warriors, but I think this is a good bounce back spot here for the Warriors. It's, there's, it's the start of a four game road trip for them, I believe. Um, they have the Wizards tonight. I think on Friday night uh, or Thursday night, they go to Madison Square Garden uh, to take on the Knicks in that game. So um, I expect a focused effort here for this Warriors team here. So I'm um, with the Warriors and like Scott mentioned, Warriors total over as well. Um, player props here, Scott. What are we looking at? So for player props, I'm going to go with another obscure angle first. I'm going to go with Kaminga assists. I see two and a half. It's at minus 113. He's gone over in five straight, gone over in eight of 10, and it's still minus 115. Sure. I mean, five straight, that sounds good enough to me. I, I get the argument is there are more, I'd say, common facilitators on that team with Draymond, with Steph. You get the point. But we know Golden State's always willing to turn down a good shot for a great shot. And based on the ball movement and just the overall tendencies of players to go over based on trends, Kaminga's gone over in five straight. So I think two and a half is a bit low. We're expecting a bunch of points for Golden State, potentially 130. The concern is a blowout, but who knows? Point is, I do think Kaminga assists is still mispriced. Until he goes under, I'll keep taking the overs. Yeah, I was looking at Kaminga uh, rebounds uh, as well uh, in this game. I the Wizards are the worst rebounding team in the league. Um, I know Kevon Looney's not in the starting lineup. It's either going to be Draymond Green or I think Kaminga grabbing those rebounds. Um, so I might just pair with your assist call. I do like that. His rebounds and assists combined right now is at eight and a half for Jonathan Kaminga. Um, and I think that if it does turn into a blowout, that he probably will still be out there. Um, you know, for this Wizards, sorry, for this Warriors team. So uh, rebounds and assists, I'll, I'll take your assist and I'll pair with my rebounds here to go over eight and a half for Kaminga. I do expect a bounce back night here for Steph Curry. Um, he was one of 10, I believe, in that game against the Warriors. And usually when we see Curry have a bad 
that was from. That I'm was sorry, from yeah, three, uh, right? yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Steph Curry had a bad shoot night against the Denver Nuggets in their last game. I think he was like one of ten uh, in that game. And usually, when he has those type of games, he usually bounces back here. So, um, if you want to look at Steph Curry's threes, that number's probably five and a half. I'm pretty sure. Let me see. Uh, it's not listed right now uh, for Steph Curry, at least over on DraftKings, but. Um, that will look at Curry in this game as well. Maybe his points prop, or if you want to look at his three point props here, um, Jordan Poole angle, Scott. Uh, uh, it's close to it. I actually might be tempted by a clay over in this game. <laughs> I, might, I might go full pivot here. I do find it pretty funny that clay has an amazing first half. People tweet at me, and then he doesn't score for the entire second half. I thought that was kind of funny, <laughs> but it's a good spot against the Wizards. Uh, you're looking at his numbers in his career. He's actually been very good against the Wizards. He's had at least 20 points in each of the last four meetings. Chris Paul's back, so I do think he will automatically try to get Clay constantly involved in the bench unit, which I think mm-hmm. is going to help out Clay's production. I know that it sounds nuts because I've been roasting the guy all year, but I do think it's actually a decent spot for Clay. And we know Chris Paul is very, very selfless. He's willing to make sure the offense always gets a good possession, or he tries to, to get a good shot. I think that the Wizards defensively are going to lose containment on Clay quite often with all the off-ball movement, all the screens, etc. I actually do like Clay points. It's at 15 and a half or the threes here. He's still going to play a decent amount of minutes off the bench. Yeah. And I do think that Chris Paul, who's not going to score much with that unit, is still going to be a good facilitator and he's going to help the overall bench unit with their consistency. I hope Clay gets consistently involved after he completely no showed the second half. So give me Clay over, actually. I think it's a good spot. Yeah, I mean, he's still firing away from three point land over the last 10 games, or sorry, last five games. He's getting up to close to 10 attempts uh, per game from the, the three point line. And the matchup earlier against the Wizards, he did score 20 points uh, in that game um, for the Warriors. So, he's made at least yeah. four threes in each of the last four meetings. He's attempted at least 12 threes in three of the last four. Yes, there's been minutes involved, but play 27 minutes in the last meeting, four of 10. Mm-hmm. 27 feels kind of right for what his minute total might be in this game. Also, if it's garbage time, does Clay play? Because he's a bench player. I Probably did, not. There was a game, um, maybe it was like a couple of weeks ago or prior to the All-Star break, that the Warriors, they were they had pulled their starters, but Clay was still out there playing. I mean, it might have been just for a couple more minutes, just to maybe you know get him some more shots up, whatever the case might be. But there's still a point where he's been out there a couple extra minutes when the starters have been pulled. I know he's not a starter anymore, but um, I know maybe just I don't know, just get him some extra shots up, whatever the case might be. So I mean, that could just be the the difference between him getting over, you know, his points projection or his three-pointers here tonight versus him not getting over it. So It, it just um, feels so low. I mean, two and a half is minus 160. Yeah. Three and a half is plus 145. Think, that yeah, really feels think. like a pretty low number. I mean, he had five last game. Four and a half is 320 if you want to go swinging. I don't mind three and a half at like plus 145. I think that line feels pretty solid in terms of value. All right. Um, are we taking Jordan Poole against the Warriors? I mean, he he has the volume. I'll tell you that much. He has the volume and the confidence. He's just not and very he's good coming at basketball. off the bench now, right? Uh, yes. Uh, that has been a mixed bag. Let's put it that way. Where he has not exactly been good, but he has not gotten the memo that he should probably get his teammates involved. So he keeps chucking. I don't see any actual props for Pool. Maybe you do, I but either. I don't see any listed right now. I don't either. 
Um, I think they're going to because Avdia might not play and Shamit might not play and maybe Poole ends up back in the starting lineup. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But yeah, Poole, I'm not going to touch. I just don't exact. I don't want to have money on Jordan Poole. Just yeah, he did have 25. Closure. Yeah, 25 in the matchup earlier this season against the Warriors. I think that was in um, in San Francisco. But last game against the Cavs. I think that was like when Denny Avia didn't play. I think he probably stepped in that starting lineup, played 38 minutes, had 31 points. Then he had 21 against the Thunder in a blowout. But um, yeah, we'll see. Some of these guys that we talked about that are questionable for the uh, Wizards do actually end up playing. If Jordan Poole does step into that starting lineup, it's just probably just forced to play because of the lack of available bodies for the Wizards. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? No, I think we covered it. I'm sure people were terrified. I just recommended a clay over. So what can possibly <laughs> go wrong? All right, uh, before we get over to the next game on the uh, NBA schedule here, let me tell everyone about uh, Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NBA season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NBA and soccer bet with circle stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets or craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here. Next game on the schedule, we have the Brooklyn Nets. They are in Orlando tonight to take on the Magic. Currently, as it stands, the Magic are a nine-point home favorite with a total of 213. Looking at the injury report, uh, Brooklyn does get that extra time because they are on a back-to-back like we talked about. They went into Memphis yesterday and got the W. For the Orlando Magic, uh, I did see a note before we started recording here. That Paolo Pancaro uh, did participate in shoot around. He was dealing with an illness. Um, Jonathan Isaac is questionable, and that is pretty much it for the Orlando Magic. Uh, Magic at home this season have an absolutely fantastic one of the better teams against the spread. Uh, and now the uh, Nets coming off of the 25 point victory, and Kevin Ollie getting his first victory as a head coach. Typically, Scott, I like to fade uh, those teams in those spots, but what are you thinking about your team here? The weird thing, I'm sure you have a moment or an experience with the Rockets since you root for that team where mm-hmm. you can't explain it, but they always find a way to beat a certain team. Yeah. You have that experience? Um, like, no matter how bad the team is, the game's just close. Like, you can't really explain why that's the case, but it just happens. Yeah, I'm sure there's a team that, I mean, it just does not come into my mind right now. But, yeah, I mean, that. yeah, there's a case for, I think it's like, like Denver and Golden State we talked about, right? I know they're two good teams, but. It just feels like Denver always has the Warriors number. Is it now seven, seven straight? I think. Yeah, I think that was ten of the last eleven or something like that. Something. It's up. been. Yeah. It's been a lot. Like I'm trying to think of a comparison for the Rockets, but either way, point is the Nets are just really good against Orlando. Like I, I don't, I don't know why, but they're just really good against the Magic. To go to the two meetings this season, both of them were in Brooklyn. I'll admit, they won by twenty. I believe that was an in-season tournament game, and they won by twenty-eight. Why? I have no idea. The Nets are randomly good against this Magic team. Now, Cam Thomas might not play. Ben Simmons is out. Uh, But the point is, the Nets defensively have been solid. They just can't score. I think I am an only to the Nets plus the points. 
Uh, Boncaro was practicing, but I am worried that he's not 100%. But maybe it's just a an experience being a fan of the team. The Nets are just good against this Magic team. I, I, I don't know why, but they just keep games close. And yeah, I think they're going to keep this game close. I see a very ugly game. I'm going to lean to the under. The Nets' unders might be the move for the immediate future because they're playing even slower under Kevin Ollie, and the defense has been solid anyway. Mm-hmm. So give me the under. First team to 100 wins, and if I'm expecting a rock fight, I'm taking nine. So I'll take the Nets plus the nine. Um, I think the only part that does make me nervous is, and again, this is a back-to-back situation for the Nets, that they are, uh, I think it was 0-3 is what I saw. Uh, sorry, so 2-6 and six straight up, 2-5-1 and one against the spread uh, in both back-to-back situations and if they're on the road they're 0 three straight up 0 and three against the spread and a perfect three and zero to the under they're only averaging 96 points um in those three games on the road on back-to-back situations so i agree about your call about the under here um i was actually watching the nets game last night um and you're right right they're playing at a more slower pace the defense has really uh, ramped up as well um and orlando again like i mentioned they they're not one of the faster teams either so I really do like the under this game. I'll lean here with the magic. It it does feel like a lot of points here, but um, I think that just having the rest advantage and how good the magic have been at home this season um, has been something that I have been uh, cashing in on. I know we talked about it at the, uh, at the beginning of the season where the magic were really good in the first half as well. But I think for, for the magic, if, if the nets keep this game close in the first half, I'll probably get on the magic in the second half, just thinking that the tired legs catch up for the Brooklyn Nets here. So give me the magic here at home uh, to cover the spread. I do like your call about the under, so I'm with you on the under here. Player props, what are you looking at? Well, if I like the under, I have to like rebounds for somebody, but I'm having a hard time actually picking out who I want for rebounds. Um, Yeah, you got any ideas? Because like, I feel like I want somebody. Claxton's been pretty underwhelming recently, so I'm not sure yeah. if I actually want Claxton, but I mean, he's the main option, I guess, for Brooklyn. Like, I'm trying to think of who else can rebound the ball on this team. I mean, Finney Smith isn't a great rebounder. Uh, Schroeder's and not a great rebounder. Bridges I, I for the say, minutes. Yeah, Dorian Finney Smith yesterday had a pretty good rebounding game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so if guys like, you know, Ben Simmons are out here tonight and then, you know, a couple other guys sit out, I there is a possibility that DFS does have a good rebounding game because back-to-back games he's actually had nine rebounds uh in each of those two games and his minutes have gone up as well he played 30 against the timberwolves nine rebounds in that game 11 points and then yesterday against memphis he played 25 minutes 13 points and nine rebounds and four assists in that game for dfs so maybe we're getting some a little bit of value here maybe for him it's a it is at four and a half at plus odds uh for dorian finney smith um I know John popped in yesterday and mentioned Claxton has gone under his PRA. And at the time yesterday was six out of the last eight road games. And now it's seven out of nine because he went under yesterday as well. Um, so if you want to look at a under PRA again for Claxton, I, I don't hate that angle. But I think that DFS rebounding might be a little sneaky, especially at plus odds at plus 105 at four and a half. If you want to go for a head-to-head angle, if you want to go for Mikael Bridges, uh, looking at his numbers against the Magic, as a member of the Nets, he's had at least five rebounds in all four meetings as a member of the Nets. So he's just a good rebounder against this team. Two meetings this season, 35 minutes, five rebounds, 32 minutes, five rebounds. His line's at four and a half. The over's at plus 124. 
So if you want to go for head-to-head angle, Bridges rebounds, I think might be worth a look. All right. Anything else for this game? Uh, I'm trying to think of who I think is going to score on this team. I mean, Cam Thomas might not play. Is it Bridges? Like, who's going to shoot on this team if if you see Thomas being out? Probably Bridges, right? Yeah, because Bridges had a rough night last night. Um, so I expect him to bounce back. Yesterday, leading scorer was Dennis Schroeder. He had 18. Um, he is so much better than Dimwitty, by the way. He's oh, yeah. so much better than Dimwitty. <laughs> There's no um, question. That's the only bright spot of the trade deadline for me was not having Dimwitty on my team and getting to watch Schroeder, who I like, and Dimwitty's done nothing with the Lakers because he's not very good at basketball anymore. So, yeah, uh, that's the only bright spot on my team right now is Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> Uh, all five starters were in double figures last night for the Nets. Uh, and then Cam Thomas, sorry, uh, Cam Johnson off the bench had 12 points. And then Lonnie Walker uh, also had 13. Uh, Dayron Sharp came off the bench yesterday, eight points, eight rebounds in 15 minutes. Maybe he might that be might, sneaky. That might be the rebound angle. You might want to look yeah. for Sharp. Yeah, but you probably have to wait closer to game time for him. Yeah. Um, obviously coming off the bench. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game of the night. We got the Philadelphia 76ers. They are headed to Boston to take on the Celtics. Celtics are currently sitting as a 12-point favorite in this game with a total of 231. Um, Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start here with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, The usual suspects are out, Robert Covington, Joel Embiid, and then K.J. Martin is actually questionable here tonight with the right ankle injury. For the Boston Celtics, clean injury report. Everybody is a go in this game. Boston uh, coming off the victory on Saturday night against the New York Knicks. They won that game by 14. And now they go up against another Western, or sorry, Eastern Conference opponent here at home. They're laying 12 points here, Scott. What are you thinking about the spread? I mean, we know Boston's probably going to win. Uh, Terrell would make a case for Philly. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but are they going to cover? I mean, Philly has not been very good recently. They've been a little bit better over the last couple games, but still significantly worse with uh, Embiid out of the lineup, of course. Boston's 26-3 and at home. Like, they've been very solid. They are 2-1 and against Philly, but Embiid has been missing some games there. So, I mean, he's played in those games, so I don't know if that yeah. actually matters. I think I'm just going to lean to Boston. We saw Philly get buried by Milwaukee at home last game by 21 Beat Cleveland. For some reason, they have Cleveland's number. I know uh, Mitchell, I believe, did not play in that game. Beat the uh, loss of the Knicks by 14 at home. Lost to Miami by five at home. I'm just out on Philly. It's not their fault. Their best player's out. The rest of the roster is not very good. I'm just going to go with Boston. I just think this Philly team, until I know for certain that they're officially figured it out, I'm not going to back them. I think Boston might be up by 20 in the third quarter. And I'm going to pick them to hang on. So give me Boston. If Philly was in better form, I'd consider it. I can't. Philly's just been really bad for the last couple weeks. Yeah, it's just that can Philly even keep up with the scoring uh, ability of the Boston Celtics in this game, right? Because Boston right now and throughout the season, I mean, they've been one of the best, if not the best offensive efficient teams. And obviously, when you like you mentioned, without Joel Embiid, the offense is really going to suffer for the Sixers. It's it's Tyrese Maxey. And then you're hoping that you get something out of someone else, whether it's Buddy Heald, whether it's Tobias Harris, uh, whether it's the Anthony Milton, whether it's Kelly Oubre, whatever the case might be. So I think right now for this Philly team, I just don't think they'll be able to keep up with the scoring uh, with the Boston Celtics. And also defensively, they haven't been very good over the last five games. They're below league average, have a net rating of minus 7.1 to the Philadelphia 76ers. So um, this game is on national TV. So I think Boston, again, does show up. Um, 
I don't know if they do or not because they lost the Lakers bench unit on that's national true. TV. So that's I, I don't true as well. <laughs> but um, I guess my question you for you for Philly though is what are the Sixers good at with Embiid being out? Are they good at anything? They're not great offensively. Threes. I was gonna say defensively they've been meh, but they're not great. They're not a very good rebounding team, especially with Embiid being out. Are they good at anything? I mean, it's really tough for. I mean, like it's if you're a Sixers fault, fan, once again, yeah. but I gotta at least call what it is. Yeah, and I think Nick Nurse hasn't done a great job of adjusting. Yeah, and I didn't think that's the right word. It is adjusting uh, without Joel Embiid, and I know they acquired some guys at the trade deadline, and maybe they're trying to still figure those pieces out as well. But I mean, this Boston team is just a well-equipped machine, right? And if you get a bad night from. Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown. If Jalen Brown has a bad night, Porzingis, Derek White, Drew Holiday, guys coming off the bench. So it's never stopping for that. There's plenty of more option for the Boston Celtics offensively than obviously of the Philadelphia 76ers. Because if Tyrese Maxey just has a bad night, then you're hoping somebody is able to compensate for him having an off night versus Boston. It's guy after guy after guy that can step up uh, for this team. So with all that being said, I'll, I'll lay it here with Boston's uh, here as well. Minus 12 total sitting at 231 and a half. Now it's up a half a point. Any thoughts on that? I think I have to lean under. I don't know if Philly can score. Yeah. I, I feel like if you're looking at potentially Boston dropping 125, sure. Philly over the last couple of games, though, defensively not terrible. I mean, 119 against Milwaukee is not good, but they gave up 97 against Cleveland, gave up 110 to the Knicks, 109 to Miami. So let's say that Boston does score 120 in this game. Are we sure Philly scores like 110? I'm not sure they reach 100 in this game. So yeah. I'm going to lean under, hoping that Philly just drags the total down by themselves. Yeah, I mean, you just take a look at the three games since the All-Star break. They scored 96 against the Knicks, not, uh, 104 against the Cavs, and then they only scored 98 against the Milwaukee Bucks. So they haven't reached 105 in four straight games dating back uh, before the All-Star break as well. Um, so yeah, if you want to look at a Philly team, uh, yeah, Philly team total under, or if you want to go Boston team total over, I, I think again, both of those are definitely playable in this game. Uh, any player props looking at Scott? Uh, no, I'm trying to think of what I'm really tempted by. I mean, I think that he's going to get the attempts, but he has been pretty underwhelming efficiency wise. A lot of people have been on buddy healed assists recently. I know that mm -hmm. train has done pretty well. So if you want to back that you can, I'm just not sure how much Philly is going to score. Um, yeah. I, I, it's really tough to find value because I can see Boston blowing him out, and suddenly you're looking at trying to race against garbage time. Yeah, of course, yeah. his rebounds might be interesting, but he has a hard time of consistently rebounding the ball. I really just don't see much. Boston's a tricky team to actually pick player props with because they have so many guys that can score and contribute. So you don't need one guy to carry the entire load. I'm expecting Tatum to play better because he was pretty underwhelming last time out. So I think he might bounce back, but. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you have much? Tobias Harris' rebounds have been good recently. He's gone over in four of the last five, seven of the last ten, and Philly's not a good rebounding team. So maybe Tobias over five and a half rebounds, but I'm kind of grasping at straws. Like, I really don't yeah. see many props I like in this game. I was going to mention maybe um, Paul Reed rebounds. It's at eight and a half. Um, but again, like we mentioned that, Boston doesn't really have that traditional big man, but they do a pretty good job of rebounding. So, yeah, I think we're just kind of forcing it here. So, again, we don't want to give out plays that we, we won't be getting down on. So, um, yeah. Anything else? 
No, I think it's basically it. All right, next game on the board. We got the Utah Jazz. They are in Atlanta to take on the Hawks. Hawks currently sitting as a one and a half point favorite in this game with a total of 236 uh, in this game. Looking at the injury report for the Utah Jazz, a uh, pretty clean injury report. Only guys on there are guys that are on G League two-way deals. For the Atlanta Hawks, we know about the news about Trey Young. He's going to be missing uh, four weeks, possibly maybe the rest of the season. Uh, Onyeke Okongwu is going to be out for this game as well. He is in with a left big toe injury. And the rest of the guys on there are guys that are on G League assignment or two-way deals that are going to be out. Um, minus one now in favor of the Hawks here. Scott, let's start with the side here. What are you thinking? I like the Hawks. Uh, I feel like I've gone on record saying this, and I'll say it again. This team is better without Trey Young. I, I've seen this team play with and without Trey. They're better when DeJounte's the point guard. So I actually think Atlanta's underrated in this spot. Utah's been an absolute mess. I don't want to say they're actively punting, but it reminds me of last year's punt job where they just feel like they're getting killed in every game because they can't stop anybody. DeJounte's been incredible. I still yep. can't believe Atlanta didn't make a single trade at the deadline. So congrats. Your team still sucks. But I am going to lean to DeJounte to have a big game here. Give me Atlanta, though. They're in better form as far as I'm concerned, and I really do think this team's better without Trey. I know Trey's got a big following. He was an all-star, and I get that he's got a lot of highlights that make people believe he's a very solid player. I think he's a losing basketball player. I think that he's an inefficient point guard who takes really dumb shots and doesn't guard anybody. So I think this team is objectively better with him out of the lineup. At least that's what I've seen this year. Small sample size, but when Trey's out of the lineup, They've been a very nice underdog in a lot of spots. They're favored in this game. I get it. So I know Atlanta has been bad as a, as a favorite or dog all season long, but I am going to take Atlanta at home. I just think this team is better without Trey, and I want nothing to do with Utah right now. So I'm going to pass on the Jazz. Yeah, Jazz have been the worst defense over the last five games, um, and their three-point defense has been even worse. They're allowing 17 makes per game over the last five games. Uh, to the opposition and like I mentioned defensively they've just been an absolute mess right now uh, they're right down there with the Clippers the Knicks and the Wizards like we talked about earlier so um, yeah I think that you mentioned that there's more the offense just seems a little bit more fluid when Trey, uh, Trey Murphy Trey Young is not out there uh, for this Hawks team and DeJounte has done a very good job of taking on that you know responsibility of being the point guard and scoring where he needs to. If we just kind of take a look at it, right? Um, so with Trey Young in the lineup, the Atlanta Hawks have a defensive rating of 121.9, close to 122. Without him, uh, it's around 112.8. And they're allowing... A, I mean, that's um, a massive difference. That's, that's yeah. such an insane difference defensively. And people can argue Trey's gotten better defensively. Don't interrupt you, but no, no. I mean, the stats speak for themselves. Yeah. They're just so much better defensively when Trey's not on the floor. Yeah. And they're giving up 10, um, 10 points uh, less or less than uh, 10 points less without Trey Young in the lineup. So with him, 122.1, they're allowing. Without him, 112.8, they're allowing. So. Um, I, yeah, I think it's a good spot here for the Atlanta Hawks. DeJounte, like I mentioned, I'll pull up his numbers in a second without Trey Young in the lineup. So minus one uh, in favor of the uh, Hawks here as well. Total, 
sitting at 230 trying to get the updated number yeah still at 236 here uh any thoughts on that i still think i'm going to take the over because utah really does not guard anybody so i don't mind atlanta team total over potentially but i do think at the end of the day atlanta is going to get whatever they want offensively i think Dejounte is going to have a monster game and i think you're probably going to see atlanta get over 120 so i don't mind a team total for the hawks in this game uh probably my main play for the total but yeah, I like the over, but I'm going to lean to Atlanta team total over. Yeah, I'm with you on the Atlanta team total over. Again, Utah defensively has just been just so bad. And this well, is Jared wants to know, by the way, you're mentioning defensive rating. How yeah. how much worse are they offensively with Trey off the court? They're, they're probably um, a lot worse offensively. Like, I'm not going to deny that. But yeah, let's see here. So offensively, they have a so with him, it's 120. Without him, it's 115.3. Um, and it's pretty much this, yeah, so about five points. And again, okay, so so the rating's about 10 points better defensively when he's off the court and five points bet five points better when he's oh, okay, okay, I get it. So, yeah, so yeah, five points worse without him on offense and 10 points better with yeah, so their net rating uh, him is on plus, defense, their net rating's plus five when Trey's off, the yeah, court. exactly. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. once again, the offense isn't as good, I'm aware of that, but yeah, the drop off defensively with him on the court is a lot more noticeable than the offensive drop-off when he's off the court. So, yeah, yeah, I, I like Atlanta in this spot. It's a yeah, fair point, JR. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, and I think there's um, there's more than enough to compensate on the offensive side without Trey Young for this team, right? Like, we talked how well DeJounte plays without Trey Young in the lineup, but now in the last game, that first game without Trey Young, Bogdanovich stepped into that starting lineup. Jalen Johnson hasn't been playing out of his mind uh, they got Clint Capella back in a, in a limited capacity right now, but I think that they'll ratchet up his minutes as well um, against Sadiq Bay. Some of the guys coming off of the bench for them, so I think there's more than enough. I think defensively is where they're, this team is a lot better without Trey Young on the floor. So, um, yeah, I'm on Atlanta Hawks team total over here as well. Player props, obviously, everybody's mentioning, everybody knows John Collins uh, returning back to Atlanta since the trade. And John Collins mentioned that as well. I watched the last game against uh, Utah. I forgot who they played. Um, they did get the victory in that game, but John Collins did get the post-game interview and the interviewee asked, or the interviewer asked uh, John Collins about the next game, which was going to be in Atlanta. He said, you know, I've been trying not to think about it, but, you know, it's been on my mind and I'm excited to be, get out there and, and play. So obviously, you know, it's going to be double. on his mind. Um, For Collins, double-double, because he's clearly been thinking about it for about three months. Yeah, I, I think you have to. Um, so the points and rebounds was at 24 and a half. Let me see what his double double is here for tonight. Um, double double. Decent, right? Yeah, let's see. John Collins is at, eh, it's only plus 120. Okay. I mean, I, I still think he's going to get there, but yeah. you know what DeJounte double double is? Do that in front of you. DeJounte double double is sitting at. Where is DeJounte? Even money. That kind of sucks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Let me, let me just quickly check. I don't know if he's going to get the triple-double because I don't know if DeJounte is actually even a decent rebounder. I know he used to be with San Antonio, but I just want to see the assist number if I can find out what the 9.5 would be on the alt. I think he might just have a monster game, but 9 half's plus 120. I mean, I think he's going to get there. So I like the plus money. Yeah, I think I was looking at his PRA. I was trying to pull up his numbers here without Trey Young in the lineup. So 
Uh, this season, he is averaging. Oh, that's not right because I saw something different. Let's see here. Yeah, so this season, six games without Trey Young, 26.2 points per game, nine assists per game. And, and like you mentioned, the rebounds just haven't been there. 6.3 rebounds in six games without uh, Trey Young in the lineup. So if you look at points and assists to go over, if you want to sprinkle a little bit on the triple double um, for him, triple double is 50. I think that's a pass for me. That's too low for a guy that hasn't had one all season long. Yeah. Um, what else? Any other player props looking at? I thought, thought about Bogdanovich threes, but it, it was at two and a half, like minus one six. You maybe buy that up to three and a half and get either close to even money or plus odds. Because like I mentioned, Utah's been one of the worst uh, three-point defenses in the entire league uh, over the last five games at, at minimum. Maybe I might be tempted by Colin Sexton under for his assists at six and a half. It's a bit juice, like minus 135. Uh, he's gone under in uh, two, I believe it's at zero assists in the last two meetings against Atlanta, which I find kind of funny. Uh, but to go through the last couple games he's played in, he had 10 against the Spurs, five against Charlotte, had nine against the Warriors, two against, uh, three against the Lakers, five against Golden State. Atlanta only gave up 92 points last game to Orlando, so they do have some type of gear defensively, apparently, but that might be a play I'm somewhat tempted by. I mean, you have t- zero assists in back-to-back meetings, and you're aligned to six and a half, I find interesting. I think DeJounte points has to be worth consideration, though, because you mentioned how many points he's averaging when Trey's out. He's averaging about 26 per game. So I think DeJounte points is definitely something on my radar now. His points total is at... Let me just see what I can find. 24 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I'd consider the over there, but yeah. All right. Any other player props? No, that's basically it. All right. Next game on the schedule here. We'll go over to the New Orleans Pelicans. They are in Madison Square Garden. I take on the Knicks. Uh, Knicks, obviously, we talked about at the top of the show. They are in a back-to-back situation here. Pelicans are a three-point road favorite here in New York uh, with a total of 218 and a half. And looking at the injury report, for both of these teams, obviously, New York uh, Knicks do get that extra time because they are on the back-to-back. Uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans, Jose Alvarado is out with if because of the league suspension. Uh, Dyson Daniels, we know, is going to be missing significant time here. Um, the two questionable tags, CJ McCollum is questionable, and Zion, Williams, Zion Williamson is also questionable here tonight for the New Orleans Pelicans here. Um, Scott, let's start with the side here, minus three. In favor of the Pelicans in Madison Square Garden to take on the Knicks. Any thoughts on this one? I think I have to lean to the Knicks just because I don't know who's playing for New Orleans. There's just Mm. too many question marks involving the actual lineup. Zion's been playing more of a point forward role uh, with McCollum being banged up and Ingram's missed some time as well. But there's just too many question marks with this team. So I can't really answer it until I find out who's playing for New Orleans. The Knicks are on a back-to-back. We know that Tibbs is going to play everybody 40 minutes anyway. It's not going to change anything. Do you want to take New Orleans here? Because I get they're the more talented team on paper, but I don't know who's playing for this team. So I'm going to lean to the Knicks. Yeah, and again, that's when we when like two of their big three, quote-unquote, if you want to call it that, are questionable here tonight. Uh, I'm not sure if we can give a a proper handicap without those two guys. So... um, and I'm trying to see if there's anything that may have popped up within the past couple of minutes here for them, but um, for either team in, in that case, but I don't see anything. Uh, I did see Andrew Wiggins is going to be out tonight for the Warriors, so keep that in mind uh, if you're bringing the Warriors game. But yeah, I would Andrew lean Clay to the, 
Yeah, Clay's over there. You go. Um, I lean with the Pelicans, man. Again, like you mentioned, without knowing the status of McCollum and Zion, I don't want to give out a pick that you know don't want to force it. So, but I'll lean with the Pelicans if one of those two guys are in. Uh, just in a back-to-back situation, how bad the defense has been for this New York Knicks team. Um, maybe a Pelicans team total over if you want to look at it that way, but not much else for me. Uh, anything else you have for the spread or the total? Uh, not really. I mean, there's too many question marks here. If one of them does miss, I maybe wouldn't mind an Ingram assist play. Or maybe you okay. want to take Ingram points and assists because somebody's going to have to handle the ball with this team. Alvarado's already out. McCullough might not play. So they really have no guards. And Daniels mm-hmm. is out too. So you might yeah. see the ball in Ingram's hands the entire game because they don't have a choice. He played 39 minutes against Chicago last game, and he only 22 points and six assists. But the point is the playing time for Ingram might be on overload because they might be very, very shorthanded. So I think I have to like Ingram props tonight. Yeah, 21 and a half is the point total and six and a half is his assist at plus 105. Zion's assist is at five and a half in this game. Uh, if you want to look at that, but I like the over if he plays, but I don't know if he's playing or not. So yeah, Ingram would be a pivot. All right, uh, let's get over to the next game of the night. We got the San Antonio Spurs. They are in Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves. Timberwolves currently as a thirteen-point home favorite here, with a total of two twenty-five and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, pretty clean injury reports. Just guys that are on G League deals for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Jalen Clark is out. Rudy Gobert is questionable with a left ankle sprain, and that is pretty much it. Um, Wolves laying thirteen here, Scott, against the uh, San Antonio Spurs. What are you thinking? Ah, uh, the Spurs are bad, but are they this bad? That's really the question. If Gobert does not play, doesn't Wemby have a shot to drop thirty? We know Cat can guard anybody. He's not a good defensive player. So I yeah. guess I'm leaning San Antonio. I guess. I don't want to lay 13 if you're defensive anchor, the minus 900 favorite to win defensive player of the year, who's carrying your defense, is out. So I'm not going to lay 13 if the signature, I'd say, attribute of your team is is your defensive intensity and just defensive stability and now you're going to have to reinvent your entire rotation. I'm going to lead to San Antonio. This team's not any good. I'm aware of that. But I think Wemby can have a mismatch. So I'll go with Wemby to have a monster game. Maybe a 5-by-5, five five, who knows. But I'll go with Wemby to do enough. The Spurs think they're going to lose. If they won the game, I wouldn't be as shocked as others. But I think the Spurs will lose by like 7. Yeah, and again, Wolves at the beginning of the season were one of the hotter teams, at least covering spreads at home. And I think that has progressed a little bit. Uh, they're now only 14, 11, and 1 against the spread at home. Uh, they do win games. They are 20 and 6 straight up. But again, it's just been a fa- the fact of them not covering very many games uh, at home. Um, they haven't covered, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. They haven't, they've covered only four of their last six games at home. This is going to be the fourth matchup uh, between these two teams. And coincidentally, the Spurs have covered every single one of their games. Against the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Timberwolves are two and one straight up against the Spurs, zero and three against the spread. So this might be a case where Spurs keep it close. Maybe the Wolves win by 
eight to ten points they keep it within yeah, I, I said maybe, seven like ballpark yeah. that's kind of what i'm looking at yeah so I'll, I'll lean with the spurs here as well especially how bad they played that first half against the utah jazz i think they were in a back-to-back situation that game um in their last game against utah until utah did i mean just blow their doors out but i i just think that you kind of went back and mentioned that there's just some teams that keep it competitive with other teams, I think Spurs and the Wolves, at least for this season, it, it, that kind of fits the mold here uh, for this season. Yeah, so this will point, be the, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, fin- no, no, go ahead. Your point. Uh, I was no, going to say gonna they were they were very good defensively against the Nets last time out with Gobert being yeah. out, as yeah. they only allowed eighty six. The Nets can't score. Uh, we've talked about that team. They have a hard time reaching 100 on a given day, especially with Kevin Ollie being there because they've gotten even slower in terms of pace. So yes, they were very good defensively in that game. The game was also pretty close. Yeah, uh, Minnesota outscored the Nets by, was it 18 in the second half? And that game was close, I'd say midway through the fourth, and they had a massive run to end it. So I am going to point out, even though they beat the Nets by 15, that game was actually pretty close for about 42 minutes, give or take, and then they blew it open late. But you mentioned before the Spurs have covered this number in all three meetings against the Spurs, against the uh, Timberwolves this season. I think Wemby's going to have a good matchup. So I'll lean to San Antonio. And going back to Alaska, this was a good point by uh, uh, from from Mika saying odds on Pelicans throwing more shade at Stephen A. Smith playing his Knicks uh, because I know it's on on Twitters and him responding uh, to the Pelicans and, and things like that. How did so, that start, yeah, I mean, by the way? I, I caught I caught the beef in the middle. I don't know how that started. I just saw. A, I don't know. Maybe something. That, I think maybe he had said something about championship aspirations for the Pelicans. Maybe the, somebody in the chat could help us out about what started this kind of beef here. And then I think the Pelicans social media, um, they responded with a video of uh, Stephen A. Smith with his scoring average in high school. That's what I saw. Yeah. And then he responded, I think, I I don't know how it started. I'm assuming that Stephen A. said something to start it, but I just missed what he initially said. I think, yeah, it started with him mentioning that I don't think he thinks that the Pelicans are going to win a title. Um, Maybe something along the lines, but... I don't know. Uh, maybe somebody in the chat could help us out. But uh, yeah, Spurs plus the points here. Anything on the total here, Scott? Two twenty-five and a half. Uh, not really. I guess I'll lean under, but I don't have anything strong. Yeah, I didn't have anything here either. Um, any player props you're looking at? I mean, I, once again, I think Wemby's in line for a big game. I can't go against Wemby because he's putting up insane stat lines every every game. So if Gobert's out, I'm going to be tempted by rebounds for Wemby. Uh, we know the blocks are usually there, but I feel like the block markets are just absolutely cooked at this point for Wemby, so I don't know if you could actually take it. I saw somebody mentioning Wemby steals, which I might not mind, but Wemby's rebounds are at 9.5. I don't know why he'd have a hard time getting rebounds, especially if Gobert's not going to be in the lineup, so I think Wemby rebounds is worth a look. Um, trying to just look around here. I mean, 2.5 blocks, once again, is massively juiced, so I can't take that. Steals are at 1.5. Uh, is Wemby threes? Let me quickly see. Um, Wemby threes are, I mean, there's a little bit of juice to it at one and a half. I think it's one and a half, like minus 130, give or take. Mm, minus there. 115. Yeah, he, he could knock them down, but it's, it's like, it, there's it's just too much, like there's too much of a variation or um, variance he, where he, if he's going to yeah. get the attempts up or not. The steals are interesting. In fact, I think over one and a half steals is plus money. It's plus one. It's plus one ten for over one and a half steals. 
What it's about if deal. it steals and blocks? Uh, steals and blocks combined are four and a half. The over is oh, okay. minus 119. Okay. So yeah. you can't Maybe take that if steals. you want to, but one and a half steals, though, has gone over in three of the last five. It's plus money. I don't mind that. All right. Um, the guy's mentioning that Stephen A. Say Smith said talking about someone eating too many burgers. That's just a, that's just a good quote. Uh, that's just a good quote. Yeah, I'm not a Stephen A. Smith guy, but that's a pretty funny line. Yeah. So. All right, let's get over to the next game here, Scott. Uh, we got the Charlotte Hornets. They are in Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. Bucks laying two touchdowns in this game, 14 points as a home favorite here with a total of 220 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, let's see. Uh, Charlotte, no LaMelo ball. Um, Nick Smith Jr. is on G League assignment. Mark Williams is also going to be out. Questionable tag on Davis Bertans and probable tag on Seth Curry. For the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis is probable. Chris Middleton continues to be out, and that is pretty much it for the Milwaukee Bucks. Charlotte has been a wagon uh, as of late, um, post-All-Star break, and even before the All-Star break. I know they dropped that game against the Warriors over the weekend, which was an absolute rock fight as far as getting a point. So we saw a little controversy at the end. Me and Terrell talked about yesterday. We responded right back against Portland as a three-point underdog. Got the outright victory. Now they go up against a, gay, a better team. I get it. But 14 here, Scott. What are you thinking? So they did play a couple of weeks ago, and Milwaukee did beat them by 36 points. So that's why the line is so big. They won each of the first two meetings by at least 31. Having said that, it's a lot of points. Now I'm going to give Milwaukee props. I, I don't want to compare it exactly to the Clippers with James Harden, but they were a nice meme to talk about and make fun of for about a week or so, two weeks. And they quietly like became solid, and nobody was willing to acknowledge they became solid. Milwaukee is starting to figure some things out. It's still not pretty, don't get me wrong, but they have looked a lot better the last couple games than they did when Doc Rivers just got there. The main issue with this team, though, is that they've played a lot slower than they were earlier because Doc Rivers loves to play half-court offense. So the pace has been drastically lower than it was earlier this season. I believe they're 19th in pace in the last five games. Defensively, though, the main issue they had all season long, last five games, number eight. So they did get better in that area, and they are below average offensively. So Milwaukee's kind of reinvented themselves. They're more of a defensive-minded team under Doc, and they're starting to play his style. I like the under in this game. I gave it out on YouTube at 225 and a half, Mm -hmm. and now it dropped five points with no injuries. So apparently everyone's in agreement. This game should be a rock fight. And I still like the under at 220 and a half. I think the Hornets can hang in there. They really can't score. That's the main problem. But defensively, they are solid. I think I'm just going to go with the under in this game. I'm contractually obligated to take the points because the Hornets have been very good at covering spreads for the last couple weeks. Do I think they're going to win the game? No. I think Milwaukee's a bad matchup for them because they just have too much size. Uh, Bridges has been a very good rebounder for this team, which is good and bad. Good because he's contributing on the boards. Bad because they really don't have much size, and they should get dominated by any team with size. So I think that Giannis and Portis and Lopez are going to give this Hornets team problems. I think Charlotte can hang in there. I'll lean to them plus the points, but I do like the under. I just don't think Charlotte can score enough. That's kind of the story of it. Yeah, 5-1 and one, uh, ATS over the last six games, 5-1 and one straight up as well. 
for the Charlotte Hornets and all um oh, sorry, those last six games, five and one towards the under, including five straight unders uh for the Charlotte Hornets. And again, we saw the last two games, like I mentioned, 97-84 uh against the Warriors and then 93 to 80 uh against the uh Portland Trail, but just some 1990 scores there for sure. So yeah, um I, I think the under is the way to go in this game here as well. I'll lean with Charlotte. I, I think that they can keep it competitive uh, in this game. They've done a great job of playing defense, something Steve Clifford has wanted for a very long time uh, with his Hornets team. And it seems like they have the, the, the horses to at least play some defense here for this, uh, sorry, for the Charlotte Hornets team. And like you mentioned, right? Half court offense now for this Milwaukee Bucks team. You also take a look at the pace perspective for both of these teams here. I'll try to put up those numbers here. Let's see. So for pace I know, I know over the, the last, last five games is a 19 and 18 for the two of them. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, yeah, and again, I think that let me trim this down to last three because that'll be post All Star break. Um, Charlotte 18, yeah, 18, 19, same thing. So, yeah, under is the way to go. Maybe I may have missed the number at 225. Uh, but even at, I think, at, like Scott mentioned, at 220 to 20 and a half, I, I think that you still like the under in this game. I'll lean with Charlotte here as well. Player prop, Scott, what are you looking at? Well, I mentioned it before. Hopefully, they don't get buried, but I got to look at Bridges' rebounds in this game. He's been really good on the boards because they have Richards and nobody else, and you're assuming Richards is getting into foul trouble because somebody's going to have to try to stop Giannis, keyword try. Bridges, though, rebounding-wise recently, has been a pretty solid double-double candidate if you think he's going to play enough minutes. To go through the rebounds, it's at 7.5 in this game. For him, he's had at least – sorry, just pulling it up – He's had, uh, let me just look at the last couple of games here. So last couple of games, 10 rebounds, 11 rebounds, 14 rebounds, 5 rebounds, 10 rebounds. So the concern is the blowout, and he has not done well against Milwaukee because of blowouts in the past. But 9.5 rebounds is 2-1. to one. You can look at double-double if you want it, and double-double is 220. Mm-hmm. I got to be intrigued by it. Yeah. He's been the best rebounder on the team for the last couple of weeks. So I don't mind the Bridges 10 plus rebounds. Yeah. I mean, last five games, averaging 20 points and 10 rebounds. He's been in, like you mentioned, double digit rebounds for the last five games. And we like um, the under. Yeah. So you're expecting missed shots. Yeah. And you just look at the minutes that he's playing as well, right? Since the All Star break, 41, 41, and 40. And maybe a lot of that has to do with guys that are not available uh, for this uh, Hornets team with all the injuries that they are dealing with. So. I like the angle here for the uh, rebounds here. Giannis rebounds is something intriguing as well. Um, he hasn't really gotten the points uh, against the Hornets, uh, but his last meeting, I believe he did have 14 rebounds uh, against this Warriors, sorry, against this Hornets team. Um, yeah, he had 14 in the game back on February 9th, 16, 8, and 9 in back in November, and then last season in that game where he had 18 rebounds as well. So, we're just expecting slow pace and missed shots here. Again, I think the rebounding would be the way to go in this game here. So, um, yeah, I do like those rebounding uh, call for Miles Bridges in this game. Anything else for this game as far as player props? I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'm tempted by. I have a hard time just expecting many points. So, not really. Uh, no. My Charlotte is really ugly to watch offensively, but they're good defensively. Yep. I mean, do you want to make a case for like Grant Williams threes and just hope he stretches the floor? Like, I don't know. Um, Trey Mann threes. He's been a bit quiet recently, though, which is kind of concerning. Yeah, but Grant Williams only had that one good game, which against Utah. And again, that like we talked about with Utah, like they were one of the worst. 
yeah, or they yeah. are one of the worst uh, three point defenses. So um, Trey Man steals maybe maybe intriguing for him. He's had at least two steals in throughout the last four games. And again, the minutes have been there for him as well. Now that he's in that starting rotation for this Hornets team, so if, if you want to get on Trey Man steals or something like that, I don't hate that. All right, Scott. Next game on the schedule. We have got three games here left. We got the Detroit Pistons. They are in Chicago here tonight to take on the Bulls. Bulls are an eleven point home favorite here with a total of two twenty five. Looking at the injury report for the Detroit Pistons, they do get that extra time to submit it um, because they're on a back to back situation. For Chicago, uh, the usual guys are out: Lonzo Ball, Tory Craig, Zach Levine, and uh, Patrick Williams. But other than that, everybody else is a go in this game. Pistons, like I mentioned, on a back-to-back situation here, did get a little bit hosed last night uh, against the Knicks, but right back at it against Chicago here. Scott, what are you thinking about this game? Well, there's two ways to look at what happened last night. Either Detroit's going to be motivated or they're going to completely no-show the game. There's no middle ground. It's going to be one of the two. I really don't want to lay 10.5 with Chicago. I I really don't. I think I have to lean to Detroit. I mean, they've been competitive against Orlando. They were competitive against the Knicks. I know the Knicks have not been good recently, but still. First two meetings this season, Pistons won at home by 16, and they lost on the road by 11. That was back in November, though, so that's tough to really draw from. I think I'm just going to hold my nose and take the points. I just I can't lay that with Chicago. I just can't do it. So I'm going to lean to Detroit on principle. Yeah, I'm on, on the Pistons here as well. I think I think they get up and play for this game and come out a little bit pissed off. I think that I think Monty will get the guys ready to play in this game. Um, I know it's a different situation, right? That, you know, maybe there's a friendly whistle here tonight for the Detroit Pistons. Who knows? Um, After what transpired last night. So back-to-back situations this season for the Detroit Pistons, they're three and seven straight up. They are five and five against the spread and six and four towards the over, um, and I think offensively they've gotten it going a little bit here as well. So I don't hate the over in this game. Um, that number is currently sitting at two twenty-five in this game. Yeah. yeah. So maybe a Pistons team total over. I think they've kind of figured it out offensively here, uh, and they have guys that are healthy. Kate had a really good game last night for the Knicks. I know Jay Ivey's been a little bit up and down, but they've gotten contributions from other guys as well. So I do like the over. Maybe a Pistons team total over. I do like the Pistons to cover in this game here as well. Uh, any thoughts yeah, on the I like total the for you? I, I like the over too. I mean, it's been bumped up three points. I think it's warranted only to the over. Uh, player props. Uh, well, we don't exactly know exactly who the Pistons are going to be using in this game. You're assuming everybody, but you never know. It's the NBA. Maybe they'll yeah. sit somebody. Um, I don't really have much for the actual. Uh, maybe I mean during rebounds is always tempting as, as a good starting point. Yeah, uh, Kate assists if you like the over for the game. I think he'll be in line for a decent showing here, but yeah, not really much. I mean, Kate assists at seven and a half. To, uh, Chicago doesn't allow a lot of them, so I wouldn't mind Kate assists at seven and a half. I see plus one hundred five actually, uh, which could be appealing, but no, nothing that strong. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Jalen Darren. I'm going to be on his rebounds here tonight. He, he's just been a monster uh, on the rebounding front for this Pistons team. Uh, his numbers at 10 and a half at minus 130 right now. The last three games against the Chicago Bulls team, 12 rebounds, 18 rebounds, and 15 rebounds. Uh, uh, this, uh, Sorry, one game this season, but then the previous two from last season, like I mentioned, 12 and 18. So that number's at 10 and a half right now for Jalen Duran. Uh, I do expect him to, again, play the minutes. 
they really don't have that backup center either, right? I know they have James Wiseman, but I mean, Jalen Dern's playing a consistent 30 minutes per game over the last three games for the uh, Detroit Pistons. So uh, I do like him on his rebounds here tonight at 10 and a half. Um, other than that, not much else for me. You have anything else for this game? No, I think we covered it. All right, uh, two games left here. We got the Houston Rockets. Uh, I think this is the second game of the doubleheader tonight on TNT. The Houston Rockets, they are in Oklahoma City to take on the Thunder. Thunder are a 10-point home favorite here with a total of 235.5. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Houston Rockets, uh, Tari Eason is going to be out. He probably more than likely is going to be missing the rest of the season from what I've been reading for the Rockets. Um, OKC Thunder, pretty clean injury report. Only guys on there are on uh, G League assignments. These two teams just matched up on Sunday. I believe the final score is 123 to 110, something like that. Um, But now, yeah, right back at it here in Oklahoma City. I know we talked a lot about, Scott, that this Rockets team has been putrid on the road this season. But are you continuing to fade the Rockets on the road here or can you make a case for them? I am not going to take Houston on the road. That is not going to happen. I've been taking points with double-digit dogs tonight, but not in this case. Oklahoma City has been an absolute machine, and I'm not going to go against them. They've won five straight. They've scored at least 123 points in five straight. They're phenomenal at home. The Rockets are 5-22 and 22 on the road. I don't think I really need to say much more. Uh, I like the over in the game because I think that Oklahoma City might score 130. We'll see what happens. I know typically for the immediate rematch, you kind of lean to the opposite of the first meeting. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking Houston on the road. Good luck with that. I'll take Oklahoma City minus nine and a half. OKC has won 14 in a row at home. Sorry, they've won 13 of the last 14 at home. The one game that they did drop was back on January 29th against the Minnesota Timberwolves in a six-point uh, loss in that game. But um, They're so I, damn I, good. Yeah, I dug a little deeper on the Rockets on the road situation, and it's really that in non-conference. So, just to put it in perspective here, so on the road, five and twenty-two straight up, nine seventeen and one against the spread. Uh, but a lot of those losses and those straight-up losses and against the spread have been in non-conference games. So, non-conference games, they're two and twelve straight up and three and eleven against the spread, and then in in conference games on the road. I mean, they're not winning games. They're still three and ten, but they're they're covering the spread at a respectable fifty percent at six, six and one. So, I think going forward, when the Rockets are playing in non-conference road games, that's that's when I will want to fade them. But I do like your call about the Thunder team total over here. They're they're they found their form again on offense. There was a stretch there, like in late December, early January, they're kind of struggling a little bit. Um, but again, this Rockets team, especially on the road defensively, just has not been able to get it done. So. Um, yeah, give me, give me, uh, give me the Thunder team total over here. Uh, I'll lean with the Thunder here as well. Any player props looking at, Scott? Uh, I mean, I think Shea is just going to do whatever he wants in this. Shea first quarter points has been a very solid angle recently, and mm-hmm. I think that he'll be in line for a good game here. Jalen Williams, we know how good he is. I think Chet will be in a, in a good spot too. Now, usual suspects. I just think Oklahoma City offensively is going to have too many options for Houston to deal with. On the road, they have no-showed a lot of def- a lot of uh, games defensively. I see that happening again. Jabari Smith rebounds is appealing, but that's kind yes. of it. I don't mm-hmm. really see much else. Yeah, last game, Shea had 36 points, five rebounds, and seven assists, three steals against the Rockets. Um, I mean, you mentioned Jabari. He's been really good. Um, 
rebound the basketball. Um, and the last two games, in fact, against this OKC Thunder team, 18 rebounds and 17 rebounds. So there's an opportunity for Jamari Smith uh, laddering his rebounds here uh, tonight. For whatever reason, Shane Goon has not been as impressive as I thought he would be against this uh, Thunder team because I feel like he does have a matchup advantage. Um, let's see here. He had 19 and 12 in the last game, 21, 6 and 7. But I think that I do like the Jabari rebounds. He's been uh, a monster on the rebounds here tonight. Uh, sorry, um, at least over this uh, season for the Rockets. Anything else? Uh, no, I think we kind of covered it. Last game of the night, the Miami Heat coming off of the victory against the Sacramento Kings. They are traveling up to uh, Portland to take on the Blazers. Currently, the Heat are a seven-point road favorite here with a total of 212. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, Miami does get the extra time because they are on a back-to-back for the Portland Trailblazers. Malcolm Brogdon, Moses Brown, Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, Robert Williams all out here tonight. Um, and that is pretty much it. Um I don't know how long the suspension was for Jimmy Butler. Is it one game that he was suspended for? Or I think I'll, it should I'll try be to back. look it up. I think it's one yeah. game, isn't it? Uh, let's see here. I'll, I'll, yeah, let me see if I can find. Yeah, yeah, it's one game. So he should be back in this game. I know Tyler Hero was questionable all day yesterday for the Miami Heat. Maybe he plays here tonight dealing with an ankle injury. But um, can you make a case for Portland? I'm not going to. I I gave them out for their win total under in the second half. This team sucks. Uh, I just think Miami is starting to figure things out. I think Miami is a team that was really bad middle of the season. They're starting to ramp it up a bit, and it seems like they are starting to, I don't want to say channel what happened last year, but it feels like they're starting to figure some things out. Let's leave it at that. Portland's in the Portland's leaning to what? Nothing? Like they're they're just bad. They're a bad basketball team. Yeah. Uh, they have a bad basketball coach in Chauncey Billups. They're nine and nineteen at home. You score eighty points in today's NBA in two of your last five games. Scored eighty four against New Orleans, eighty against Charlotte. You've lost each of your last uh, four games by twelve plus points. I'm going to go back even further. They've been on a massive homestead and they keep losing. Um, yeah, they have played one, two, three, four, five, six, six straight home games. They've lost every home game. So the home trip is not going well for them. Yeah, uh, Portland sucks. I'll take Miami. Yeah, I think this is an opportunity where like, Miami just stacks up those wins against you know lesser opponents. And again, this is one of those games against Portland who has just been absolutely terrible here. So I'm not going to waste any time. Play the points with Miami, minus seven. Jimmy Butler should be back in this game here as well. Um, total 213. Anything on that? Or sorry, 212. I mean, I don't think Portland can score, but I think the Heat can. So I don't mind a Portland team total under potentially, but they've scored less than 92 in two of the last three, less than 92 in uh, three of the last five. I think I'm going to lean over, though. That one feels a bit low for a team that defensively is not very good. Charlotte's its own category, so the 93-80 game. I mean, Charlotte's number one defensively in the last five games, and they play slow, so I'll toss that out for a second. Still give up 127 to Denver, 128 to Minnesota, 121 to Minnesota. I think Miami can score 115, give or take, in this game. So I'll lean to the over. Feels a bit low. Uh, All right. Uh, Yeah, I didn't have much player props or anything else for this game. Do you have any player props you're looking at? No, I think Butler could have a decent game, maybe Bam, but Bam's annoying to bet rebounds with. I don't really have much. 
Yeah, I didn't much have uh, four player props in this game. Again, it just probably just turned into a blowout in this game. So, um, yeah, not much for me in this game. All right, that is the last game of the night uh, in this long schedule, or big schedule, I should say, for the Tuesday night card here. Scott, let's get into our lock and dog here for tonight, and then we'll do our underdog fantasy entry to wrap up the show here. You want to lead us off? Uh, sure. All right, so for my lock, I'm trying to think of what I want to go with. Um, I know what my dog's going to be, uh, but I have to figure out what I want my lock to be. Uh, let me just quickly see what the updated price is because I do want something in that Atlanta game against Utah. I just think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. The question is, do I want to go for DeJounte assists or do I want to go for John Collins rebounds? Because I think that both of them can be in line for a uh, solid performance. Um. Yeah, you know what? I think I'll go with Collins rebounds. I'm going to do it. Give me Collins over nine and a half rebounds at about... It's actually a pretty good price here. Uh, Collins over nine and a half rebounds is plus 105. It's gone over in six of the last 10. It's a revenge game. But you mentioned the quotes that he had after the last game that he played well in. Uh, yeah. But he's had... But, I mean, with those quotes, he you know he's been looking ahead to this game. It's on the calendar. He's had at least 10 rebounds in three of the last four at least 13 rebounds in three of the last six. So the rebounds have been good for Collins, and I do think he's in line for a good showing here. I'll go with Collins over nine and a half rebounds, a plus 105 as my lock. For my dog, give me Bridges rebounds. I'm going to go with the 10 plus. I'll take the over nine and a half at around two to one. A double-double is 220, actually. I'll take that instead. Give me Bridges double-double against the Bucks at plus 220. Uh, the overall playing time has been insane. He's played basically 40 minutes for the last week straight. Uh, you're looking at the rebounds, had 10 plus and four of the last five. I just think the rebounds are too mispriced here. Give me Miles Bridges over nine and a half rebounds at uh, basically plus 220 with a double double. There you go. All right. Um, all right. For my lock, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Pistons, man, plus the 11. Um, I know they are on a back-to-back situation here, but I, I can't lay 11 points with the Chicago Bulls. And I think they do come out pissed off a little bit in this game, and, and I think that maybe they do get a friendly whistle here tonight after what transpired in, in Madison Square Garden yesterday. And, you know, they're, they're a relatively healthy squad right now, and I think that, you know, Cade's playing well. Jaden Ivey should step up here tonight. We mentioned how great Jalen Dern has been for this team. So I understand they are on a back-to-back here, but I do think that there's an opportunity for them to at least cover the number here tonight against the Chicago Bulls here. So I'm going to go Pistons plus the 11 uh, for my dog here. Um, I'm going to go with Jalen Duran and Jabari Smith rebounding prop here. Um, so Jalen Duran is at 10 and a half. I'll take the over on that. And then Jabari Smith for tonight is at nine and a half. So that'll get you to plus 224. So I need 11 rebounds from Jalen Duran over 10 and a half, and then double digit rebounds for Jabari Smith. Uh, that rebounding prop will get you to plus 224 here for tonight um, for my dog. And then, again, before we get out of here, we'll do our underdog fantasy entry. Again, go to underdogfantasy.com. Make sure you use our promo code NBA SGPN. Uh, and also that bonus uh, contest we're running on the network as well. If you do sign up between uh, this week and the end of the month, make sure to go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash dog. Um, 
again in their five lucky winners will win some merchandise from underdog fancy hats t-shirts and also a 50 dollar sgpn gift card to our merch store uh all right scott where do we want to start here with our entry for tonight uh do you want to go back to something in that hawks game you want to go to yeah, we... pa yeah Jante or or collins i'm 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 with either one of those you want to do both yeah, we could do both. Uh, let All me right. see here. So let's see. Murray. Let's do a control find. That might be faster. Um, all right. So, okay. Well, right, there we go. Murray is that you said um, you just want to do assist oh. or assistant rebounds? Uh, do they have PA or they don't have that? PA is, yeah, 33 and a half. You want to go for it? Yeah. We'll do that. We'll go higher on DeJounte Murray. And then we want to go Collins. You want to Collins double double, or you want to go like rebounds and points and rebounds? Um the double double uh, spicy at 1.2. Sure. Let's do it. Let's go for the spicy. All right. All right so we'll do Dej- sorry, uh John Collins double double. 1.2 spicy on the higher. And then let's see if they have the Wimby. Blocks and blocks. steals or just steals? Yeah. Okay. Let's just, yeah, I think steals. Steals is also spicy at one and a half. Blocks and steals at four and a half. I want to quickly pull going? up Wemby steals against uh, the Timberwolves out of curiosity. Um, quick, Let me just quickly see if he's done that in the past. Because uh, I, I do think that it's a very good price. And steals might be a good pivot because the blocks are so obvious uh, based on how he's done. Uh, against Minnesota, he has... Uh, well, he's had five steals in two of the last three games in general. Uh, last game, he had two. He's had one, one, and two. So he went okay. over last game, but five steals in two out of the last three games. That's probably worth something. So, yeah, I don't mind the double spicy uh, entry. All right. Uh, Wimby steals. One and a half will go higher on that. All right. So to recap, we got DeJounte Murray, points and assists, higher 33 and a half. John Collins, double-double, spicy at 1.2. And Victor Winbanyama, higher one and a half steals at 1.1. That uh, $20 entry will get you a return of $158. Um, just to put it comes out to around 7.92. So $100 entry will get you $792.00. Over on underdogfantasy.com. Again, make sure you use that promo code NBA SGPN and also get into that um, network contest that we're having for listeners. Five lucky winners will get merchandise from Underdog Fantasy and then also a $50 SGPN gift card. And you'll help out the NBA Gambling Podcast uh, uh, in the nation, sorry, not nation, the network contest that we are having. We're trailing by one to fantasy football. Make sure you use that promo code NBA SGPN uh, when you do sign up for underdog fantasy all right that is going to do it for this episode of the nba gambling podcast scott anything else want to mention before we get out of here uh no looking forward to the card tonight should be fun let's make some money yep make sure to follow scott on uh x that's at rice show radio you can follow me there as well at sports nerd 824 more importantly make sure you subscribe to the nba gambling podcast youtube channel leave us a comment in the uh comment section also give us a like if you can on your way out appreciate everybody in the chat a lot of new faces coming in uh so appreciate everybody uh joining us uh shout out to our guy from australia uh mika in there joining us today as one of the usual suspects so appreciate everybody 
Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow at the usual time for the Wednesday card. Till then, good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-